Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Women of Color and Confidence. I am your host, Amber Rose West. Thank you so much for joining me today. I had the opportunity to speak with Dr. Shayla Toombs Withers. She is a physician health coach specializing in family medicine and obesity medicine, and she runs the practice Essence of Health. Now, you may be thinking, I know that it's January, Amber, but I don't want to listen to an episode about how to eat better or move better. And that's really not what we talk about in this episode, although it is sprinkled throughout there. What we really chatted about was the mind-body balance of energy and connection inside of you as a person, what it means to have strong mental health, to help you make nutritional choices that help you have the energy inside of your body body to live as the confident, happy woman that it is that you want to be. We touch a little bit about prevention and how you can engage prevention at any stage of your health journey. And also how to have self-confidence around doing things that you may not be super knowledgeable about when it comes to your mind, body, and energy connection, and how to have the confidence to take those first steps towards educating yourself in the direction of feeling better, thinking more clearly, having more energy throughout your day, and how to connect with people that will support you in this journey. I had such a great conversation with Dr. Shayla, and I want to share it all with you. So let's go ahead and get into today's episode. You're listening to Women of Color and Confidence, a show designed to support dynamic women in the desire to elevate their self-confidence. Hi, I'm your host, Amber Rose West. I'm a confidence coach and communication expert specializing in helping women understand the depths of creating and expressing authentic self-confidence. If you've ever found yourself saying, I want more confidence, but I just don't know how to get it, this is the show for you. On this show, you'll learn how to create a powerful inner landscape of positive self-talk and a motivational mindset while also learning how to practice strongly developed communication skills and behavioral techniques to express yourself boldly with confidence that looks and feels good to you. Thank you so much for tuning in and enjoy today's episode. Do you have any questions for me before we start? Uh, Well, not really about the podcast, but just more about your business and what what you've been up to. But we can chat about that later. (laughs) Oh, I I love talking about my business. We could talk about that all day long. (laughs) I'm sure you're like, yeah. And you know, I I love all of the women that come on to the podcast because I feel like very similarly, all of us are very passionate about what we do and the reason that we do it and the people that we help. And it's been a really rewarding thing to have these conversations with amazing black women and everything that they're doing. And I really loved reading about what you're doing and this idea of, um, I remember you said something about nutritional choices and I was like, yes, can't wait to talk about nutrition. Um, while also, you know, having all the benefits of like weight loss and better energy and and a better mental state, but that, that conversation around nutritional choices that doesn't happen very often, or, and Mm -hmm. I shouldn't say maybe it doesn't happen very often, but we just don't talk about it as it being that. And so I was like, so excited to talk to Dr. Shayla. Um, Well, speaking of, I'm very happy to have you on the show. I know this is going to be a great chat. I'm going to throw it off to you so that you can introduce yourself to our listeners. Yeah, awesome. Well, I'm happy to be here. So I am Dr. Shayla Toombs Withers. I am a board certified uh, physician certified in both family medicine and obesity medicine. And then I also hold a uh, certification in plant-based nutrition 
I've been practicing uh, for over a decade now in the field, and I really um, started my practice. I'm, I'm physically located in Chattanooga, Tennessee, uh, but I, I also have a, a virtual uh, platform too. But I, I really started my practice really to give patients uh, a different experience. I've found over the years um, in practicing just in several different environments that what folks really needed was one for their doctor to have more time with them and to actually talk to them. And then two, to actually educate them on things that they can do beyond that prescription um, to improve their health. Um, and it's really why I named the, the practice Essence of Health um, because it, it really is essence of, of what I do in terms of helping folks to prevent and reverse chronic disease by making certain changes in their lifestyle, changing what we put on our plate, changing how we move, how we think, um, and just those different aspects into, into what we do and how we live to improve our health uh, beyond just the prescription that I give. Mm -hmm. I love that. And we're going to talk a little bit about prevention today as well. So thank you for bringing that up. But I really loved as I was looking through your website um, is this idea of incorporating these things into like what we consider our everyday lives. And one of the things that I've noticed with people that I talk to about, you know, health and nutrition and weight management, um, things that really support building a, a confidence practice or feeling more confident as a person is that people think that all of these things need to be really, really big, drastic changes right off the bat. And I love this idea of it being an essence, which means that it's, it's an energy that's involved with who you are and what you do on a regular basis and seeing that as such a foundation for what it is you teach and how it is you help people made me really excited to chat with you. So um, thank you for that lovely introduction. I wanted to start with this um, idea of a health mindset and what health mindset means to you. Yeah, certainly. So the, the, Slogan and, and the way that I've even, you know, branded my practices, I always use the slogan, the essence of health is in you. Um, and the reason I, I say that is and one, because it's true, uh, and two, <laughs> is because uh, for a lot of us, we know what we need and we know what we should be doing. And it's mm -hmm. because our body tells us, you know, our bodies are designed for us to feel good and um, to to promote health, our bodies on its natural state wants to be in a state of health. We don't want to feel ill, which is why we have symptoms, you know, and we, and we feel these certain things when, when dysregulation occurs. Um, and so that essence of health, it really is within each and every one of us. And so having that health mindset really is recognizing that, recognizing what your body is telling you and being prepared to then move that forward and make change or progress in terms of what needs to be done. So, but it, it really starts in within yourself and recognizing, you know, oh, I'm, I'm more tired than I should be, or, mm -hmm. you know, oh, I, I sweat a lot or, oh, you know, whatever it may yeah. be. Oh, my stomach's upset a lot, but recognizing that and recognizing what those next steps are to be done. Yes, I love I love this. And I, I say the exact same thing about self-confidence. Like we were made to be confident people. You look at children running around a playground and they're they're saying what they mean and they're taking the toys that they want and they're climbing things really high. I'm like, these, these are some confident people. 
And it really is all of the things that we learn as we continue to grow that separates us from that, that birthright that we have of being confident, very similarly to being healthy. It's all of the things that we learn as we grow. And it's all of the, the, um, the inclusions of external factors that are now taught to us or instilled in us that separate us from that health that we are naturally born with. And the, those things inside of our bodies and our minds that uh, we we were given at birth and somehow we've become so separated from them. And this work that we're doing, whether it's with confidence or with our bodily mentally health um, is about getting back to that core space. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. And and I love that analogy with, with children, uh, because it, it is, yeah, you know, you, you see kids and kids, they may say anything, but, but it, it is boosted in that in that level of confidence that they have. And somehow, you know, we just lose that over time. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about, I love that you have this concept of prevention inside of the, the things that you teach. What was it about, um, or I guess where, where, where in your life were you finally at the point where you were like, this is something that I want to teach. I want to teach prevention. I want to teach um, the essence of health uh, uh, in us as human beings. Yeah, yeah. So one of my uh, favorite quotes is an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that, that quote, you know, it just says so much because it really speaks to that fact that, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm medically trained. I can prescribe you a, a bunch of medicines, you know, and <laughs> yeah. all of these things. And, and we can do all of that. And we can, you know, do a lot of expensive workup and all of these things. Um, but you're going to get, you know, more bang for your buck, if you will, um, really by preventing these things from occurring. Um, if you prevent diabetes, for example, from occurring, then you don't have the high cost of insulin or the high cost of potentially losing a limb or going blind or you know, that impact that it not only will have on you, but also on your children and on your family Mm. as a whole. Um, And, you know, how you live your life. If you're able to prevent that beforehand, um, then that's going to take you much further than once that thing occurs and Mm -hmm. trying to trying to reverse it. Now, you know, these conditions are reversible. um, And that's, that's, you know, another part of what I do is helping folks to reverse these conditions. But if we can prevent them beforehand, you're going to get so much further. Yeah. And also the concept of preventing the progression. You know, Mm -hmm. I think sometimes people hear prevention as, well, there is the side of prevention, which is making sure it doesn't happen to begin with. But then there's another side of prevention also that is, okay, if you get to a point in your life where it is happening, what is the prevention steps you can take to keep it from progressing Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Because that other part is so important, too. It's, you know, one of those things, none of us are perfect. And we all, you know, make mistakes, whether that be a mistake in what, you know, what we consume or what we do. Um, And once we get to that point, it is having that next step of knowing how to prevent that progression from occurring. So yeah, you know, if you do have diabetes, well, let's, keep it from becoming to a point of, you know, where you're suffering from the kidney failure or the blindness or the land implications and those things. Um, you know, it, it's never too late. 
And an, another thing that I, I like to focus on, I, I'm all about the science. And so, yeah. you know, I, I recently read a study um, where they even looked at individuals and they looked at older individuals because a lot of times, you know, people say, oh, I'm too old for this or for that. Mm -hmm. And what they even found is even with older individuals, once they started making those steps of changing what was on their plate, they even showed um, change and improvement and uh, preventing uh, things from progressing. They were looking at particularly heart disease in the study, um, and they even showed improvement um, from progressing of heart disease. So it's never too late for us to start. Uh, once things, you know, have um, gotten to that point, we can still pull it back and, you yeah. know, still prevent that. Yeah. yeah. It's so important. I love this aspect of education. I am also very much a science research. I say nerd, but I think we're pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there's also this idea that um, like education, I think, is something that people tend to be, I think, shy about, you know, admitting, you know, especially black families admitting that maybe they weren't doing the best thing that they could do for their health or their family or their children because they didn't know. And that becomes a very difficult thing to say, OK, I didn't know. Now I want to know because I'm realizing that everything I didn't know is negatively impacting how I feel and how I show up every day. And being able to say, okay, I didn't know what I didn't know. And now I want to know. And it doesn't matter how old you are when you gain that education or make these changes that they still can positively impact you. You know, um, once you know better, you do better, right? Exactly. Yeah. And that's so true, especially, you know, for people of color in America, you know, if, if we even look back to uh, days where our people were enslaved, they were only given certain types of foods and certain, you know, types of things that they were able to receive. Um, and then even the way that that looks now here in, you know, 2022, 2021 into 2023, it still, you know, looks that way in certain communities of color where people still don't have access to um, certain types of food, you know, they don't have access to uh the gardens and, and fresh food. Um, you know, there are a lot of communities where there's only fast food places on every corner, yet you can't find a grocery store, um, you know, or safe environments to even go out for a walk uh, just to clear your head and to get some exercise. And so these aspects certainly play a part into it also. And then the other part of it is um, knowledge and education. Um, a lot of, of what we've been taught, um, you know, even just kind of looking back, uh, what has come out from our, our government and our government plans as to what health should look like. And a lot of that, you know, believe it or not, is political. It shouldn't mm -hmm. be, but it is. A lot of it is, you know, who paid the most money to, to have this, you know, be yeah. subsidized and those kind of things that go, that play a part in it. So a lot of it, that plays a part into what we eat or don't eat and what we think we should eat um, versus what we actually should be consuming. So it's important for us um, to educate ourselves um, and to look beyond just, you know, what may be just promoted to you to, to look beyond that. Yeah. Speaking of this place of, you know, increasing our education about how to incorporate these things into our life, I would like to ask you about the mental space that you help people get into when they're beginning to incorporate this education um, and not just the education piece, but also the practice piece. Once you learn how to cook a certain food or you learn how to um, incorporate that into a meal or make a meal plan or, you know, a shopping list or something like that. What are the ways that you help um, 
people, women, families get into the mental space to support them for the consistency and longevity of, you know, nutritional choices? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and so one of the the ways that I practice and one of the things that I incorporate um, into my program is the concept of mind-body balance. And so what that is, is it's a focus on the interconnectedness of what we consume, how we move our bodies, and what we think and what mm-hmm. our mindset is. Um, because if those three components... Um, are not in balance together, then it's, it's difficult um, to to have overall health and wellness. And just breaking that down, you know, even a little bit further, you may see some people who who may exercise a lot, they exercise all the time, but then they may, you know, eat junk food or they may, you know, not be in the the best mental space, and they still have, you know, certain issues. Um, and so one of the things that I incorporate to help people work on from that mindset standpoint um, is one, having a positive mindset, because if we're constantly feeding ourselves negative self-talk, you know, if we never see ourselves in a positive light, then we start to internalize that. And mm-hmm. if we, you know, already see ourselves negatively, then that's going to impact one, what we choose to eat, because mm-hmm. we're not feeling the greatest anyway. So we're going to say, ah, whatever, you know, with this mm-hmm. with healthy eating, I'm just going to, you know, pick any old thing. And then, you know, we may not exercise. And so it sets that, that whole interconnectedness, it, it sets it off track again. Um, so, you know, having a positive mindset. Um, the other thing I like to incorporate um, is meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of times, you know, for us, I'm, I'm a mom too. I don't know if I said that. I'm a mom of three. And so for, you know, us moms and us working moms, especially, there's always something to be done. We're always on the go, on the go, on the go. And a lot of times we put ourselves last and we don't take that time just to breathe and, you know, mm-hmm. and even think clearly for ourselves. And so just um, incorporating even meditation uh, can help with stress levels. It's been shown to help lower cortisol levels, which in turn can lower uh, blood pressure and blood sugar. Um, and can even just clear your mind enough to say, you know what? Hey, I took 10 minutes to just breathe and think. And now I can see that, you know, oh, now I feel better about choosing this for my meal or, oh, now I feel better about going for a walk. Um, and so, yeah, it, it all it's all interconnected and then one thing impacts the other. And so just helping people to realize that and put all of that into perspective. Yeah. That mental clarity that sometimes gets really hard to connect with when there's so much going on every single day from every aspect of the day and the people that are around you. I appreciate you bringing up meditation because I found that also to be a very beneficial practice. I mean, I'm, I don't have kids and I, you know, I do run my own business, but it's one of those things that helps me turn off you know, social media helps me turn off, you know, whatever documentary I was watching helps me turn off, you know, my cat running around and, you know, jumping on things. Right. Um, And I, you know, during a previous interview of women of color and confidence, I was talking to someone about the, the pressure of the term meditate or the activity of meditation. People hear meditation. They think of something very specific on your pillow and you're holding your fingers out and your back straight on all these, this, the concept that we've seen in like movies and things like that. And one of the best ways to alleviate that pressure from meditation, I think, is to discuss it more as uh, a calming of the mind and a calming of the sensory uh, interaction that you get from the outside. So even something like just sitting in a chair with your eyes closed can be very meditative. 
Um, for me, I have, you know, activities in my life that are meditative. Some people say things like washing the dishes is meditative, like just sitting there right. and washing something over and you know, washing it and drying it. And that puts them in a meditative state. For me, embroidery is a very meditative activity where I mm-hmm. am sitting, my energy level comes down, my attention and focus is on this one thing. The sound of the needle going in and the thread coming out is very meditative to my auditory senses. And so when we talk about meditation for calming the mind, um, if you can release the pressure of this idea of being a perfect yogi sitting on a pillow and and, and stillness and focus, and just really think about the idea of meditating as being still in a quiet space, maybe shutting your eyes, taking some deep breaths, um, but just really allowing all of the other things that tickle the senses to to be separated from your body and your mind in that space it's the same you'll get the same results as something that um, someone would consider more like a yogic meditation right yeah that that is so true I'm I'm glad you pointed that out and I will tell you it it is it's so true I had a um, client recently and this person uh, she she is a very busy professional. She owns her own business, and um, you know, and she just felt so stressed and overwhelmed, um, even just from her business. And so, what we talked about is her just stepping out of the 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 building, the brick and mortar mm-hmm. building, stepping out, going to sit in her car, even mm-hmm. just for ten minutes. Um, you know, not having, not answering a phone, not doing any of those things, and just sitting. Watching mm-hmm. the, you know, hearing the birds chirp, just looking mm-hmm. out of the the window. Mm-hmm. Um, and she did it. She, you know, she started doing that for a couple of days. And the next time I chatted with her, she was like, oh my goodness, that has been so helpful. And, <laughs> yeah. and you're right. It, it wasn't anything, you know, magical. She didn't have to go get sensory, you know, music yeah. or go sit on a fancy pillow or anything <laughs> like that. Just go sit in her car 10 minutes, turn everything off. Don't yeah. have anybody, you know, in her ear. Um, and it did. So yeah, what, you know, meditation can be what you make it, but just really taking that time um, just for you and kind of blocking out everything else as, as the important piece to that. Yeah. I used to do that when I had a, a job in San Diego and um, I worked in a co-working space. So not only was like my office with, with the people that I worked with always kind of phone calls and meetings and like all this stuff, but then I would, there were offices all over <laughs> this building. And I remember sometimes my energy would be so jacked, so just like, and so after I would eat, I, when I got to lunchtime, I was like, feed me. So I would like feed myself very quickly. And then with whatever time I had left on my break, I would just find like a conference room or the roof, or sometimes I did a walking meditation, which is just literally to like sit and like feel my food in my belly, knowing that it was about to give me some fuel and energy. And I would just sit there and like be calm, you know, and sometimes that's just enough to get you to a place where you're not so high strung, where you're not worried or stressed. You're just like, I'm just going to sit for a second or even take two, two round, two walks around the block, you know, looking at the trees, looking at the sky without running into anybody, obviously, but just like being very intentional about the walk, being a, not speed walking, just a calming Mm -hmm. walk to, you know, bring that energy back down. And I love, I love that. I didn't have a car at the time, which is why I had to choose a spot to, to, to kind of like shut things out. But um, it's just that, that process. And like you said, that whole mind body connection is so real 
and that they're so symbiotic also, right? The mind feeds the body and the body feeds the mind. And um, we can include energy in that too, right? If you're constantly in a hectic, high-strung environment, then your brain is constantly on hectic, high-strung, got to work fast, got to work fast. And then your body is constantly in this elevated state of like, I don't like panic, really. (laughs) Just like, gotta go, gotta go, gotta go, right? But when you, if you take the time to like sit your body down or take your body on a slow, nice slow walk, then your body goes, I can calm down. And then your brain goes, oh, I can too. And then your energy goes, okay, we're going to chill for a second. And it doesn't need to be an all day thing. It doesn't need to be an extended period of time, but having your body in that elevated state of energy, having your mind in the elevated state of energy constantly is what creates burnout. And it's what creates us slipping back into habits that maybe aren't the most healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Are you looking to develop a stronger speaking voice? If you like this show and you want to learn more about how you can develop a more confident speaking voice in your personal and professional life, visit www.vibrantconfidence.com. Here you'll find self-confidence coaching for women designed to help you overcome things like perfectionism, imposter syndrome, and fear of judgment so you can develop a more confident speaking voice in your writing, on social media, and on video. Check out the show notes of this episode for more information, or you can visit www.vibrantconfidence.com for more details on how confidence coaching for a stronger speaking voice can support you and your business. So what is the ideal, I'm going to take it back to a prevention for a second. What is your idea prevention plan um, for someone who is just starting to feel like maybe their habits or what they're eating or what they're doing every day isn't making them feel good and is possibly making them sick? Where do you start with the people that you work with when they come to you in that state? Right. Yeah. So um, really, I I first meet them where they're at. Um, And so, you know, we figure out what, what it has looked like that has gotten them to that point. Um, So, you know, I'll just kind of take you through initially when I start with someone, we will do what I call a diet recall. Um, So even just, what did you eat today? Kind of, you know, it doesn't even have to be anything in depth, but just, you know, what what did you have? And and even talk about um, more deeply, why did you have those particular foods? Uh, Because what I find sometimes for people is say, well, that was all I had in my office or, Oh, that was, you know, the, the purse candy. Um, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, so we talk about that. I have purse candy. <laughs> right. yeah. yeah, so we talk about that aspect. And then we talk about, well, you know, how did you feel um, from that? You know, yeah. did, did that meal, like you, one of the things you mentioned, like did that meal make you feel energized or did you feel really sluggish after you, you know, ate that cheeseburger or whatever it was? Um, and so, you know, really meeting the person where they're at first um, so that we can break that down further um, and then slowly um, make those those different different steps uh, because you know like the saying goes Rome wasn't built in a day uh, and we you know definitely aren't gonna undo some of these habits um, very quickly which is also why I'm not a fan of a fat dieting kind of quick fixes mm-hmm. I'm more of a, of a sustainable approach the things that I teach people are things that can sustain them really through their lives um, with just you know some of instituting these practices. Um, for them. So yeah, so starting with where they're at and then just going from there, uh, particularly when it comes to food, if there are certain foods that I find that, you know, a person likes to eat, um, then you still want people to be able to enjoy that because one of the parts of something being sustainable is enjoyment. 
Um, but we talk about maybe ways to make it healthier. You know, if you like tacos, we can make those tacos, you know, a, a different way so that you can still enjoy tacos. Uh, but maybe let's do it a little bit, uh, something different with it um, kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing that. I, I think that that's a very personable approach. And one of the reasons I asked you that question is because I know that people fear making these changes because they are Mm -hmm. afraid that whoever it is that they entrust to help them make those changes are going to be judgmental and militant and, you know, focused on losing weight and and that kind of thing. And I appreciate people like you, Dr. Shayla, who really are about discovery without judgment. You know, how is it that we can look at what it is that you're currently doing? And I can still impart the information and the knowledge onto you about the different ways that that's hurting you right now. But let's make a plan to shift you to where you want to be in places that you want to be feeling better and still incorporate things that you enjoy. I think that that's the other thing that I hear a lot. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to work with, I I actually just had a friend of mine say that she didn't want to work with a personal trainer because she didn't want one them to judge how she's not that strong or she can't do certain kinds of things. And two, to be the person that's like, you're going to do it because your body's stronger than your mind. And like, oh, she's like, I don't want that. And I was like, oh, you just need to find a personal trainer that's not going to treat you like that. Like they're all, exactly. Right. Um, So, you know, being able to, to have this place be a safe place for people to come to say like this is honestly what I eat in a day I don't have to lie to you but also I still want to eat these five things so can we make a plan around those that's a really um really admirable place to be in to start with people right right yeah yeah because you do because if a person you know if one it it, it goes back to that interconnectedness. So if they've already got it in their mindset that, oh, this is not going to be enjoyable. Oh, you know, I'm going to hate this. Mm-hmm. That's going to translate to those other, you know, aspects of, of health. Um, and so you do, you, you want to keep that balance in mind and you want to help them um, to realize that and to achieve that by keeping keeping that balance and meeting people where they're at and going from there. You know, if they're there to to see me, then it's because um, they do realize that, you know, there are some changes to be made and, and we can certainly do that and get them there. I love it. For people who are listening to this, who may be experiencing health challenges or feeling like they need to make a change, how would you suggest to them creating the confidence around making these changes, improving them, their health, or even reaching out to a professional like yourself for help? Yeah. Um, one thing I, I like to do with people is think about your why. Because when we when we consider why we want to do something, then that will typically fuel um, the action step to it. So think about your why. Why is it that you want to improve your health? Is it just because the doctor told you you should? Um, Which, uh, you know, after a decade. (laughs) Which could be a reason. (laughs) That that could be a reason, but I have not ever found that to be good enough for any of my patients. (laughs) Just because I said so. Uh, (laughs) So, yeah, but really finding your why for yourself. And so, you know, what I hear from folks um, sometimes that why is because I want to, you know, maybe run a marathon. Or yeah. I want to be able to ride a certain ride at the amusement park, or I mm. want to uh, be able to go play with my kids or grandkids. Um, so really, you know, for that person to to really think what that why is for them. How do they want to feel, you know, 
three months from now, six months from now, and how do they want things to, you know, how they feel to look differently and why do they want it to look differently or feel differently at that mm -hmm. point? And then that will typically fuel that next action step to make change. I love it. And one of the things that I recommend to my clients when it comes to your why list, your why statements is, you know, you can ask yourself, why do I want to do this? And you could say something like, I, I want to be able to ride certain rides at the amusement park. And one of the things I recommend is always taking that a step further. Why do you want to ride the rides at the amusement park? Uh, because last time I went, I couldn't and my my kid had to ride by themselves. Okay, why why does that matter to you? Why does your kid riding them by themselves on an on a amusement park ride um, make you want to make changes? Well, I want them to have memories with me on the ride next to them, not memories of me standing to the side because I couldn't get on. Okay, why is it important for your, your kids to have that memory with you? And so the why list is amazing and I always recommend breaking it down as to as many whys deep as you can because the deeper your why is, the more powerful that why is. I don't think that anyone would say getting on a ride at an amusement park is the reason that I want to lose weight, but there's more to that why. It's not getting on the ride and being like, woo, I'm like on it. Here's my picture, whatever. It's more about the memories you make with your children. And that, that is the why. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. When I asked you earlier, if you had any um, hindrances to your own self-confidence, you mentioned that um, mostly you have... Um, a rocky relationship with your confidence when you're trying new things. And I know that this can be um, something that other people will feel when they start thinking about changes that they want to make to their health. You know, we know behavioral changes around exercise and food are some of the hardest mm -hmm. to get consistent with for almost everybody. Uh, I really appreciate you admitting that. I too am one that my confidence, even as a confidence coach, my confidence tends to get real low when I have to try something new for the first time. And I'm not quite sure if I'm going to be the best at it that I've ever been for trying mm -hmm. something new. Yeah. Um, my perfectionist inner critic comes out and it's like, if you can't do it perfect, don't do it. And so I 100% resonate with that. I'm curious how it is that you would help a patient that came to you or someone who reached out to you like on social media or something that admitted that they also were fearful about um, having the confidence to, to really make the changes in their life as they started working with you? What's the advice that you would give them or things that you would say? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, for so for even for me, when it comes to trying something new, for me, it's more of that fear of the unknown, really. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're, we're doing something new or something different. We're not really sure what what the end part to that's going to be going to look like because we haven't done it before. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, that that can be, um, you know, scary for a lot of us. Uh, and so the way that I typically approach that for myself is by researching. For me, I'm, I'm the kind of person, I'll give you the example, I'm, I also do triathlon. And so before my first triathlon that I ever did, I actually went to just watch a race uh, just to see how it was yeah. done. Yeah. And that that helped me because I saw all these people, different people, different shapes, sizes and ages and everything. Um, doing this race, they were swimming, they were biking, they were running, and people they looked happy, you know. To yeah. um, and I said, ah, okay, you know, I can do this thing, and that really gave me that level of confidence to go out and then do a triathlon. And so, you know, it, it's the same when we're even making these health changes. So even you know, maybe um, seeing 
what that looks like. So it kind of comes back to finding your why. So, you know, knowing that in your mind and what that, that end piece you want to look like um, for you and how you want to feel. And then saying, ah, you know, I, I can do that. But, you mm -hmm. know, this this is good. This is something I, I want to try. And then just really putting that, that foot out there. Um, and when it comes to, you know, your health, it's one of those things. You got something to lose on the one hand if you don't make these changes. But then, you know, on the other hand, you can at least give it a try. Yeah, that's a really good point that you bring up. And I, you know, I don't tend to market my services and I can tell that you you don't either towards that. What do you have to lose? You know, what are all the worst things that could happen? I try to come from a place of what, what are the best things that can happen and that there's always going to be a little bit of fear around things that you don't know. And when it comes to, you know, the more challenging behaviors of exercise and nutrition, you know, there's an understanding there that there is unknown stuff that you just don't know. And so working with a professional can seem very daunting at first. I also, in the same thing, I love research and I love looking things up. I feel like Google sometimes leads people in a direction I wish that it would not. But there is still some good stuff out there, you know, like what are the little things that you may need to change right off the bat? And I know that you have a podcast also. So uh, I'm sure that you share a lot of those things on your podcast as well. Um, so I encourage those of you listening today to check that out as well. But what I really love about everything that I've seen from you and even talking with you today is that there is a level of understanding without judgment. And that the most impactful way to help a person make change is to allow them to learn all of the things, to get the education without shoving it down their throat or making them feel bad about not knowing it ahead of time, right? I think sometimes okay. that there are professionals, and I feel like Google sometimes bring this brings this up. Um, because there was a lot of like fear-based marketing that hap that happens all the time, right? That the first things you see are like, these are the reasons that you need to do this. Otherwise, you're going to get cancer and yeah, die. Doom, doom and gloom, right. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, I yeah. just want to figure out how to incorporate more greens in my weekly right. diet. Like that, that escalated quickly. <laughs> but this idea of knowing that it's also a journey in that education, right? Like people who go to school for this, people who teach this, the doctors are out here that are here to help you. They don't learn these things overnight and then all of a sudden come to you and they're just like, do this or it's over for you, right? There is a level of education. And so if you can begin to approach what it is you're going to learn, and I say the exact same thing about self-confidence, right? There is a ton of stuff on Google about how imposter syndrome will ruin your career or how comparison is the thief of all joy and you won't be happy unless you curb. And I'm like, that. none of that is true. I mean, it can impact those things, but like, you're not going to learn how to never compare yourself to anybody ever again by talking to me for one time, right? Yeah. All of this is learning the little bits of each part of the journey and then slowly incorporating them into your life um, in the same way that you would learn anything if you went to school for it, right? Exactly. Nothing is put into your brain immediately and you're like, flip on, flip off. Like it's right. all about the education. And so, um, yeah. Thanks. And the other piece to that, even, you know, like you said, Google, there's, there's so much out there, but yeah. <laughs> knowing what, what is, what is fact and what is fiction is important. Mm. Uh, and, and, you know, that's why it's so important to work with someone who, you know, is an expert in whatever that field may be. Um, because you, you can go out there and look at these things, but unless you know how to really utilize what you're, um, 
receiving and utilize right. that knowledge and, and, and get it in a safe way, especially in what I do. I, I see and hear so much stuff that's just really not safe for people to do, right. um, you know, which is Speaking which of also, bad uh, diets, <laughs> yeah, so over exactly. how they hurt yeah. people. I'm like, oh, so we're not going to talk mm-hmm. about how this hurts? Talk about pain right. points. <laughs> right, exactly. And so, you know, that's that other important piece of, of why it's, it's helpful and necessary, you know, to, to work with someone who, who really knows, um, you know, what they're doing and can can guide you safely to yeah. so that you're, you're not worsening your situation. I appreciate you bringing that up. And I know that you were ta- you've talked about a couple of research studies here. I'm also someone that reads behavior and psycho- psychological research studies for confidence coaching, because there is so much stuff that people are like, oh, like I, this worked for me. So it's got to work for everyone. And it's like, actually, there's been three research studies that show that what you did doesn't work for everybody. And exactly. so you're out here promoting something that works specifically for you, which tends to be less than 2% of the population that was tested for this particular thing. And now you're telling everybody it should work for them. And then they try it. And now they feel like crap about themselves because it doesn't work for them. What it, I mean, mm-hmm. research shows that it doesn't work for most people, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I've been trying. I, I'm glad that you brought that up because I've been trying to share more research just in, even in my social media, just because I think that, you know, Google blogs, vlogs, all of that stuff has made everybody an expert if they say they are right, right. Able to go back to a source of some sort of science or research is always a good support. Um, but, you know, I've learned that in my career as well, that, you know, people who think Wikipedia is actually research and you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I hate to break your bubble, but like, that was right. like the exactly. one source we were never allowed to use in college. So, <laughs> like, uh, right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, So being able to understand, I actually read a blog um, last week and I emailed the doctor that wrote the blog and I said, hey, he was a psychologist. And I said, hey, where did you source this information from? And I got like an automatic reply back that was like, oh, oh, the the reference links are inside the blogger. And I was like, "Okay, I've looked this thing up and down and I haven't seen anything. But from other research that I read, some of this doesn't sound like it aligns. So I'm just curious, can you like point me in the direction of the actual study? Never heard back from him again. And so I was like, oh, oh wow. it's like interesting. I did get a reply back. It wasn't like it went to spam or anything. But once I was asking very specifically, like where the information came from. And so then I was one of those people where I wrote in the comments, I asked this doctor to source this information for me. And I still haven't been able to get a link. But if you would like to send me the link, this is my email address, because all the people yeah. in the comments are saying this one thing. And my one mind that actually reads research on a regular basis is like, this sounds this, I'm like, I mean, maybe I just don't know, but it doesn't sound right, you know? Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I love that, that accountability. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, it's, and it's easy enough to find, but I think, you know, similarly to what we've been talking about with nutritional education, nutritional choices, a health mindset. If you've, you know, my degree was a research degree. So I did a lot of that stuff when I was in college. But if you've never done anything like that, some of this feels very foreign. You might as well be trying to read Japanese for all all Mm -hmm. you know, right? I try to put myself in that remembrance too, especially with the curriculums that I create, right? Mm -hmm. That it's like, I think that this is just so easy to read and so easy to understand. And then remembering people are looking at this for the very first time with brand new fresh eyes. And so how can we bring it back to, um, I like to think of a lot of my programs as going from kindergarten into, you know, school, elementary school, into Mm -hmm. middle school, into 
uh, high school and then college and then your PhD program. Like if you go from A to B with me in the curriculums that I have, you're going to be getting that education in that streamlined way. It's not like all of a sudden you're in a doctorate program and you're like, I don't know anything. Right. I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Shayla, can you please tell me what is it that you would like to be known for? Yeah, I would love to be known for as the, the go-to expert to help folks prevent and reverse chronic disease with sustainable lifestyle changes. Sustainable is the key here. Yeah. For those of you who have been following fad diets or, you know, trendy things on TikTok or Instagram, one of the things I like to remind you is that a lot of them are not sustainable. And because they're not sustainable and they're meant to be super quick turnaround results that if you try to, to make them sustainable, they can be hazardous to your health in the long run. So following somebody like Dr. Shayla is one of the ways that you can really gain that education from the ground up so that you can maintain that sustainability, whether it's in your weight loss, in your mental health, in your physical health. Um, sustainability isn't about, you know, turning it on, turn it off, or, you know, binging the information and thinking you're automatically going to behave based on that information. But working with someone like Dr. Sheila can help you really incorporate these um, changes, these health changes into the life that you already have with the activities that you enjoy and the foods you like to eat so that sustainably over the course of your life, you can feel the benefits of them. Exactly. For sure. Awesome. So where would you like people to find you? I did mention the podcast. Yeah. I will put a link to that into the show notes here. Are you on social media? I am. I can be found on both Facebook and Instagram at Essence of Health Wellness Clinic. Um, and then I am on TikTok also. It's at dr.tw at eohwc. Um, so yeah, but if you just come to the website, uh, eohcoaching.com, then you can certainly find me. eohcoaching.com. Love it. I will also put a link to um, your website, your podcast, your TikTok, and probably your Instagram in the show notes too. So everyone can go out and find you. Dr. Shelley, thank you so much for being here. I really enjoyed this conversation and chatting with you. I can tell that you're doing good things in our community. So thank you so much for that. And thank you for being on the show. And thank you, Amber, for all that you do. Thanks so much. Yes, yes. Okay, thanks for everybody for listening. We'll be back in two weeks with a fresh new episode for you. Thank you for listening to Women of Color and Confidence, and I'll be back with you soon. Working on building more self-confidence can be a very fulfilling journey. And maybe you started confidence work in the past. Did you find it challenging to keep going? Let me guess, your inner critic showed up. You started comparing yourself to other confident women. Perfectionism made you feel like you weren't doing it right. I understand. Many of the clients that I work with start off feeling this way too. I decided to create a tool to help women clear out the insecurities that hindered the progress of creating self-confidence. It's an audio guide called Overpower Your Insecurities. We'll start by addressing the most common insecurities for women. Comparison, fear of judgment, imposter syndrome, overwhelming inner critics, and neutralizing negativity. And before you're done listening, you'll have a firm grasp on the power of prioritizing your needs and your dreams, finding self-care that actually cares for yourself, the power of self-acceptance, self-respect, and of course, self-confidence. With bite-sized clips you can enjoy over a cup of coffee, this guide is easy to listen to, easy to follow along with no homework and no additional paperwork, minimal time, minimal effort with an amazing impact. To download this free audio guide, visit www.vibrantconfidence.com forward slash overpower 14. 
or click the link in the show notes to this episode. Again, that link is www.vibrantconfidence.com forward slash overpower 14, the best tool to help you overpower your insecurities so you can consistently create vibrant confidence.